Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hey, y'all. Seven Rounds of Heaven is back. We're brought to you by Sports Drink. Purdue is and always will be a trap game. It is I, Rob Hall, a.k.a. the saddest goddamn Arkansas-Kentucky hybrid fan this side of the border. And with me, as always, is AJ, the Midwest owns college football, Marchese. I think like the Big Ten East has more top ten teams than the entire SEC. Today we're talking all the NFL draft prospects that littered up and watered it down in week seven of college football. Let's hit it. Going out to Vegas, gonna set my draft, gonna set my draft on fire. Seven, 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 seven rounds in heaven with my lady driving out. To Vegas, baby, looking for a Stingley or Thibodeau. Who's going to bat it on draft day? Who's going to wager future picks away? Who's going to reach for a blue blood lineman? The home team. Let's go seven rounds. Let's go seven rounds together. Let's go seven rounds forever. And that's a song. We have a new sponsor that you guys are going to love. Symbol is the stock market for sports that allows you to profit off your sports knowledge. On Symbol, you can trade sports teams like stocks, and every time your team wins, you earn cash. Use your sports knowledge on Symbol to buy low, sell high, and earn cash payouts when your team wins. Join the 7,000 plus early adopters who've started to invest in their favorite teams. Visit www.simbull.com to create a free account. And when you deposit, make sure you use the promo code SD to make your deposit risk-free. That means even if you lose money, Symbol will refund your initial deposit, no questions asked. Join Symbol and start investing and profiting from your favorite teams. And when you're done there, you can head on down to Spotify Greenroom, the live audio-only sports talk platform where AJ will be talking Brooklyn Nets basketball 365, AJ. Yeah, uh, Jordan Poole is no longer there and they're idiots. It's my only take. Yep. That's that's the only the only idiotic thing that's going on with that team. <laughs> Talk to AJ, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time. Get in on the conversations that you listen to here every day. <laughs> that's not true for us. Share your own experiences <laughs> and takes on the app. You your chance to be featured on on the your team. Wait, what? 
yeah, I'm just gonna keep going. Who cares? Download the Spotify Green app, Green Room app, free in the iOS app, step, app Store. Create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the group. Follow all your favorite podcast hosts to be notified when their rooms go live. Um, well, let's just mentally move on from that. It's almost matching Watch season, Rob. You'll have your uh, Spotify Green Room going up soon. It is all. Yeah, I've, well, I've been doing my Fun Belt, Sun Belt, Spotify Green Rooms. Uh, which you could have heard this past Tuesday, and you'll hear again this Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder how disorienting it is for Appalachian State players to play a Tuesday and then a Wednesday game. They probably think uh, it's Saturday. Yeah, that's I would. Uh, okay, week seven's in the books. It was a bad week on paper. Uh, we had Oklahoma State come back against Texas. Michigan State, tough win over Indiana. Um and Iowa shit the bed against Purdue. And then not, uh, not a t- not a t- Kentucky covered against Georgia on their very last play. That was kind of cool. That was the highlight for me. Uh, I don't know. Other than that, uh, Caleb Williams is really good, and Spencer Rattler isn't, and he's definitely gonna have to transfer. Ole Miss Tennessee ended up being a a nail biter, and Matt Corral got hurt. Doesn't look like he'll play against LSU. I feel like I've hit all, all the the main well, things it, that happened, except for the Tennessee fans pelting the, the Ole Miss players with shit. That's I think that was the big headline. And I guess uh, LSU's big forty nine forty two victory over Florida, <laughs> but Edo still being out. Yeah, that kind of sucks for the timing, right? Well, uh, uh it just kind of brings in into perspective that like Dan Mullen hasn't done that great a job at Florida. Like I know they were in the SEC championship last year and like Gators nation already hates me, but um, <laughs> like damn, I don't know. They're underachieving. I think he's one of the most overrated coaches in college football. I, I, I think you're right. But that's not saying I don't think he's a, like a decent coach. You know what I mean? It's, yeah, no, no, no. Like, I mean, what he did at Mississippi State is that's a really tough place to do that. Um, yeah. I, I just don't – like, how much better can he make them than this and they should be better than this? I think that's kind of the issue. Well, the defense was embarrassing this week. Um, more on that later. But, I mean, I think, again, again, it was Mullen not going to uh, Anthony Richardson earlier. Yeah. Um, I do want to mention, now. now we've already got five head coaching openings. Three at Power Five schools, two at Marquee schools. So UConn, Georgia Southern, uh, LSU, USC, and obviously Washington State because Nick Rolovich is a, a garbage human. Um, quickly, okay. Who's the next head coach at LSU and who's the next head coach at Washington State? Because uh, <laughs> I got the insider info. Uh, okay, I'll say Dabo this. at LSU. Uh, you, I don't think it's going to happen. Do you? No, no, no. But also, I'm not. Buying this Mel Tucker slam dunk either. I've seen that. What about Dave Aranda? Baylor's ranked. Going back? That'd be weird, mm-hmm. too. I don't know what LSU does. They got to go for a big name, right? Jimbo. Yeah. I, that's... Well, the, 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 their AD Woodward like loves hiring the big name, apparently. And yeah. he, he's the guy who brought Jimbo to Texas A&M. I could see it. A, a big buyout, though. Uh, Washington State, I think it's got, like, it should be Joe Moorhead. I, I think that makes the most sense. Agree. But there's a couple a couple interesting options for them. Yeah, Jay Norvell, I think going from a piece that of shit to a great dude would be uh, one of the biggest 180s. Um, also, like, um, Alex Grinch going back would be would be pretty cool, too. Those are, those are some fun options. I think, like, from the list of names that we saw in the Athletic article, uh, kind of a lot of can't-go-wrongs. 
I mean, hey, Joe Moorhead could just go to UConn because he coached there before. <laughs> that'd be that'd be like a huge get for UConn. I don't. UConn, uh, I don't know where the what the fuck does UConn do? Fold the program. I think that's the correct answer. Dan, hire Dan Orlovsky. All right, Why week not? seven superlatives. Let's just get into it. Uh, also, week eight looks like okay. Week seven didn't look great on paper. We st- we we still had some fun. Week eight doesn't look like we're gonna even have fun. Pitt, Clemson, anyone? Reverse the the uh, upset. I think Fresno uh, okay. State, Nevada is the best game. You keep Saturday. telling me that. I don't care. <laughs> what do you mean? Don't care. The best games tomorrow night. App State yeah, that's and Coastal. Sure. Okay, best freshman. Speaking of the Sun Belt, I'm gonna start from Tuesday night. Uh, Montreal Johnson uh, at Louisiana. They continue to produce running backs, and we've actually already talked about Montreal Johnson on this show before. Mm-hmm. But uh, 103 in a score against uh, App State. I thought he looked really good. They just run the ball so well. He's um, he's bigger than uh, Chris Smith, and, and he's like a true true freshman. He looks like he's gonna be that dude for them. Uh, the next couple of years. I, I just, he's a very, he's like, he's a lot like Elijah Mitchell with that kind of one, like not the biggest guy, but a well-built back mm-hmm. who, who's a physical one cut runner. Hey, if you're starting a small school running back, I'm going to do the same thing. Uh, I'll pitch you day day Hunter for the, uh, Hawaii squad who, uh, only eight carries, but on those eight carries, 174 yards, two touchdowns. He was just outrunning everyone in that Nevada defense, uh, early, Hawaii's a big problem. I mean, they got down fast, but their big problem seems like they they don't know who to get the football to, and I don't know why he only got eight <laughs> carries, and I think he only had one catch for like zero yards too. Uh, but he looked like legit speed there for uh, for Hawaii for the Rainbow Warriors. Are you, are you are you like standing the Mountain West this show? What's going on? I always stand the Mountain West. I, look look at the schedule this Saturday. The Mountain West have the best games on the schedule. We should only focus on the G5. You'll handle the Mountain West. Uh, and the Kuza, I'll handle the Mac and, and the Sun Belt. Um, we won't even, like, fuck the AAC. I don't care about them. They've lost They've lost the heart. Uh, but you know what, what conferences have heart? The SEC, where it's, it's kind of shocking we haven't talked about Brock Bowers mm-hmm. yet this year. Uh, the Georgia tight end, who it, it'd be impossible not to talk about him uh, after what he did against Kentucky, and that's a good defense. Uh, 100 yards and two scores. The first one was a – he he also had, uh, like, two huge plays called back. Or, the the no, screen touchdown called back. Yeah, that, that was would, sick. Yeah, that was called back. And then he had, the like, the contested catch touchdown and the, cat, or the block and release kind of in space yak touchdown. Um, they're, they're such a – like, obviously the defense is dominant, but their two best pass catchers all of a sudden are – True freshman Brock Bowers and retro freshman uh, Lad McConkey <laughs> and Stetson Benson Stetson Benson Stetson Bennett has been everything they need as a quarterback. Like it's almost like that that offense is the is winning the way the old Alabama. I was gonna say the same thing that came to my mind did. last week. Yeah, they're like in that early 2010s Alabama phase. They've got four competent running backs who all have NFL talent. They have a steady, not turnover-prone quarterback mm-hmm. uh, who... Like, you don't enjoy watching. No. Uh, and then this elite tight end kind of out of nowhere. or Well, I shouldn't say out of nowhere. He's a big recruit, but no, I don't think anyone expected him to be this dominant this quick. And then Lad McConkey out of nowhere. 
Uh, it, it, it's they're a really strange team, and they had so many. Like obviously they they uh, they've dealt heavily with injuries in the past. Kenshin group, like Darnell Washington, was one of the best freshman tight end last year, but mm-hmm. he's been banged up this year. And then um, uh, they lost George Pickens. Pickens. Yeah, before Eric the season. Gilbert. And, yeah, I I totally even forgot about Eric Gilbert. Yeah. Jermaine Burton's been hurt throughout the season. Like Kyrus Jackson's been hurt throughout the season. Yeah. And they're just leaning on Lad McConkey <laughs> and Brock Bowers, a pair of freshmen. Bowers is legit Brock, though. Bro- Brock Bowers is totally legit. Yeah. The, but... He's physical, and he he's so fluid for. Uh, yeah. Uh, he's not even the biggest. Like he's six four two thirty, but like just moves so well. Yeah. He, uh, he, he looks awesome. Yeah, the second touchdown when he just like. He got his head around so late and like just caught it perfectly clean. Like you know, it was really impressive. Like that looked like like a wide receiver one type of thing. And the first touchdown, you know, just one on the wheel, and then that beautiful leaping grab. And no, he had a terrific, terrific game. Um, Caleb Williams. It would be crazy. It would oh, okay. be crazy if they had Darnell Washington and Eric Gilbert and him healthy throughout the year, but you know. Uh, I oh I I mean I mentioned one more than a late go. Kydrin Jenkins on the Purdue defensive line. Okay. He he had a big game. Like George Karlaftis was dominant. Yeah. But Jenkins kind of out of nowhere, squatty body, but just kept making plays in the backfield throughout that game against Iowa. I thought he had a, he was worth mentioning. Who you got? Are we gonna end on Caleb Williams? Uh, no. You don't want to talk about Caleb Williams? No, I don't respect the Big 12 anymore. Okay, fine. I won't talk about him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Talk about Caleb Williams. Caleb Williams is everything, even more than what you would expect mm-hmm. based on what he did in the Red River shootout. Dominated TCU. What do you have? Five total touchdowns? Yep. Three for almost um, 300, uh, like five incompletions, another 66 on the ground, and another you know, touchdown on the ground, like you said. Um, I think the talk is, and I mean, Kirk – mentioned this on the broadcast and he got shut down a little quick but i've seen it a little bit more <laughs> can caleb williams win the heisman trophy i was th- i've been thinking about because there's still we're through seven weeks most teams have played at least half their schedule mm-hmm. and there's no clear-cut heisman contender right now. i got the odds in front of me if you'd like to hear them Oh, I would. Uh, I was going to open the Athletics Heisman straw poll, but you go ahead. Okay. Uh, the leader in the clubhouse right now is Matt Corral, plus 175. You already mentioned is injured. Obviously, obviously has been really good, but it hasn't felt like an Heisman season for, for me personally. No. no. Then we got Bryce Young and CJ Stroud, the young quarterbacks. Um, I think you could say, say the same about either. And, like, Stroud, I don't even think he should be that high. Uh, we got Bajan Robinson at plus 900. Fair enough. Uh, but the, their problem is they're not going to, like, exactly. they're at best going to win eight games. Yep. And then at plus 1,200 tied is Desmond Ritter, who I love yeah. Desmond Ritter, but I don't get the talk. And then Caleb Williams is right there. And I think that's... Kenneth Walker not even on there? He's right right behind uh, both of them at plus 1,600. Because I, I think, like, right now, the top three, not that I'm saying these any of these three should necessarily win it, but you'd be hard to argue against Corral, uh, Kenneth Walker, because he leads the country in rushing and is on a top 10 team, uh, and Bryce Young. But, like, Caleb Williams could, like, the, it still seems wild to talk about it, but Caleb Williams could 
be up there. If you look at the the um, the athletics Heisman straw poll, mm-hmm. where they have I don't know a handful of people voting on this, it's Corral, Kenneth Walker, Bryce Young, but like fourth is Jordan Davis, who <laughs> has no chance. And I love Jordan Davis. But he's he been no dominant chance. in the Georgia. He's the I guess the biggest name on that dominant Georgia defense. But yeah. he has no real chance. And then it's Bijan, Ritter, Pickett. Caleb Williams. Like, Caleb Williams has already surpassed C.J. Stroud for them. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. Like, a lot's going to happen in these last six games, but uh, I, think I think... If you're going to put money the, down, I think Caleb Williams is the smart bet. I was, I was going to say, with Corral missing time now, I, I think the smart kit picks Bryce Young, I think, just because Alabama's going to be in it. He's going to continue to put up numbers. He's a quarterback. I don't think Caleb Williams is going to have enough games to put up the numbers that are needed. It's going to be interesting. It's a very wide open race. Like, it's not a very fun race. But no, Caleb, it, it really isn't. Caleb My Williams was Kenneth Walker. It, the, yeah. Because uh, Big Ten strong. Caleb Williams makes it way, 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 way more interesting. Grayson McCall is on pace to shatter the passing efficiency record. He's a People aren't talking about plus 10,000. Yeah, that's the smart bet. Coastal's getting the first Heisman winner. Uh, okay, speaking of Heisman candidates, B. John Robinson uh, is always going to be under the best sophomore uh, category. 135 on the ground, two scores, 38 through the air, another score. Looked great against Oklahoma State, especially in the first half. Then the, the Cowboys' defense, which is very good this year, really came to play in that second half. Kind of slowed him down, but... It felt like it was more he was slowed down because they just had to key in on him to stop that Texas attack. Um, he still looked fucking awesome because he always does. Yeah, totally. I think you can, like you said, you can pencil him in here uh, every every single week. Uh, you know what? I think the most impressive sophomore to me this week was uh, Georgia's Jalen Carter, who uh, was pretty unreal on that Georgia. He, he was my other name, yeah. Yeah, he was a monster. Six tackles, Which, a sack, uh, two TFLs. What were you going to say? I mentioned him last week, yeah. too, but this week he really put it into the box score, which helped. But, like, he also had that what looked at first like a strip sack of Will mm-hmm. Levis that ended up getting ruled an incomplete where yeah. he just he, – he's got a nasty, like, nasty quick uh, swim move. Um, yeah, like uh, the first drive for Kentucky, he, he used that nasty swim. Maybe the nicest play he made where he just was so fucking quick and uh, made the big TFL on like third and one or whatever it was. He looks like, other than him wearing number 88, he looks like he's going to be a <laughs> top five prospect in next year's class. Yeah, 6'3", 3'10", had the big hit. Uh, that was a sack before the half on third down. Uh, just wrecked. He hit, he hit Will Levis like multiple times and just wrecked him. And then he, I think he, I don't know if he got credit for both blocks, but he basically blocked two field goals too. It was like him and Davis yeah. on both. It, it, it it's insane because again like i just mentioned georgia having jordan davis as their heisman candidate and like he is more dynamic to me he's especially in the last two games has been more dynamic. like jordan davis is is an amazing football player but like jalen carter might be the best player on the defense and that's a defense that has yeah. Like or the, sorry, let me rephrase that. Might be the most talented player on that defense. Yeah, I think a defense mm-hmm. that has Jordan Davis as a potential first round pick. Nicobe Dean is one of the best linebackers in the country. Yeah, Adam Anderson as a guy with first round hype. Um, and, and like not not to mention the secondary Darion Kedrick Lewis. Like this this is one of the greatest defenses I think we've ever seen. Um, 
obviously there's six games left or whatever, or I guess they only have five games left, but like he to me is the most talented guy on there. If I could choose a Heisman winner, I give the Heisman to the Georgia defense. <laughs> but and I think that's why I think that's why Jordan Davis is um, up in the straw bowl because he's just the face of the defense. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Um, weekday warrior. Oh, I, I, can I can I do a couple couple more sophomores really quick? Oh fuck yeah, jeez! I named one. Two TCU guys. Okay, I think Quentin Johnson needs to be named because he had a monster game. Uh, seven catches, a buck eighty-five, three touchdowns. Uh, had that massive touchdown where it looked like he mossed the DB and he kind of did. But then he ended up catching it like between his legs and they just tackled so, so poorly and he just housed it. And then the other one, he just ripped the ball away from the corner for the touchdown. He's big. He's fast. His hands aren't great, which is I almost felt like I mentioned him a couple weeks ago, but then he had drops. But he makes big-time plays. And just quickly, uh, with, with Evans out, Keandre Miller stepped out, I thought. Had like 100 total yards and had that awesome screen touchdown where he just beat everyone to the sideline and then tiptoed for like 10 yards. I thought that was really impressive. Okay, weekday warrior, where I got to stand my man, Calvin Austin, who didn't have, who who had a small game compared to what he's been doing this year, but I just, we haven't really talked about him. He's been one of the most dynamic playmakers in the country. Yeah. Uh, Memphis played Navy on, on Thursday night, and Navy kind of fell behind early, and it, it was easy cruising for Memphis. But he had, on the, the reverse, the 69-year touchdown run, uh, and that was enough for me to crown him my weekday warrior. Didn't do much to be here, two for 20. But he's been such a, a a guy I really liked over the summer, and he's looked so dynamic in open space this year as a yak player and a deep threat. I think he is, he's a guy who is going to rise. He's going to be at the Senior Bowl. I think he's going to put on a show there. This guy's going to be a day three steal. I, uh, I had him here, too. Um, also, like... I kind of would have flexed him into a small school guy if you didn't name him. Uh, so I'll give you two names. Uh, Travis Dye kind of just was the, the engine for the Oregon offense. Uh, had 145 yards and a touchdown on the ground. And seven catches for 73 yards through the air. Uh, I don't know what to think about that Oregon team. I mean, there was a clear weekday warrior, but I think we're saving him for somewhere else. Um, but, yeah. but, yeah, no, he was the, the engine on that offense that's been sputtering quite often this year. And quickly, just like a, a weird shout-out, um, this was a guy they're hyping on the broadcast in that ULL App State game, uh, Percy Butler, the safety, who Phil Savage said he's going to be a draft pick. And, like, I, so I kind of kept my eye on him. I don't know why they're talking to Phil Savage, but I kept my eye on him. And um, he had a nice, like, BBU in the red zone, six tackles. He looked a, looked a little interesting. So I figured he's worth just mentioning here in a quiet week. Phil, Phil Savage is your favorite uh, guy to ever run the senior bowls in that right it's not even close uh okay best prospect i think pretty obvious two choices this weekend but it's nice because it's two guys who haven't been here before yeah uh kenny you disagree kenny pickett <laughs> kenny p the p man <laughs> the big p uh, okay david david bell like single-handedly upset iowa yeah. and iowa defense that's <laughs> pretty much handled everyone especially the secondary has been the talk of the town insane he goes he goes for 11 for 240 touchdown i think the most impressive thing um to me that came out of this was we 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 know david bell is a big physical like 50 50 x receiver i thought what he was doing uh in terms of route Mm -hmm. running was kind of what impressed me the most even though he he had a ton of big big plays like 
just the way he was getting in there of his breaks against just torching Matt Hankins, who's an NFL prospect at corner, uh, who was coming off a huge game. And so I, I just thought he looked more explosive than I thought over the summer. And more fluid with his rage. Yeah, what do you, think? you know you what? love him. So. I do love him, and yeah, obviously he was my pick as well. Um, you know what? I wouldn't know. I wouldn't say he's looked more explosive, but I thought smooth. I think that was with the capital S and fluid, and, and he just made it look so easy. Like like you said, he put the entire offense on his back. He put the entire state of Indiana. I guess they don't all cheer for Purdue, but the whole <laughs> the whole Purdue community on his back. And it, it, honestly, I thought he did everything. It, you know, it was, he had a couple big yak plays. Uh, just like those chain moving grabs in in traffic, uh, like you said, the route running was. I think that was the big highlight. Where something that maybe he didn't usually stand out for David Bell, but no, I thought he just looked incredibly smooth. And then we we had that you know the big plays where they had that awesome like deep downfield like leaping grab right in the middle of the field, uh, and then the touchdown where there's just a sweet sluggo. Like that's what I mean. Like that play didn't look like super explosive to me, but just sudden and smooth, and it, he made it look so easy. And just won and got to the spot, and it was just it was just easy for him, and it was just such a complete wide receiver performance. I thought, reminiscent of what Rondale Moore did to Ohio State a couple years ago, except in a totally different way. But no, for sure, yeah, because Ron, Ron, yeah, Rondale was just all yak. David David Bell was a more like a complete um, wide receiver performance. I thought, like yeah, like I one like that, that we haven't seen um, this year because obviously this was just such a massive game. Um, defensively, Friday night, yeah, it only took him a half turn the best because he he was he was not allowed to play in the first half to do due to a targeting in the previous game. But we haven't talked about Kayvon Thibodeau this year because he's been injured. Uh, then Oregon just played like a lot of non big time games. Um, uh, Friday night against Cal, the biggest game of the year, obviously. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Kayvon Thibodeau only got to play a half, and he was absolutely unblockable. Uh, I think he was credited on 22 pass rush attempts with 11 yep. pressures, I believe. Yep. Uh, he only had the one sack, but if you just keyed in on him, it was ridiculous. You didn't even have to key in on him. He was in the backfield every snap. <laughs> like, it was well, unreal. And, and uh, like, you tweeted out that one on the, on the Seven Rounds of Heaven account. Go follow it. Uh, <laughs> where it was just ridiculous how like how explosive he was off the yeah. ball and just immediately underneath the the left tackle um and, and something else worth mentioning was the effort against the run he was yep. fucking crashing backside like a madman there was a play where they went i want to say it was it was he was lined up on the uh against the left tackle and they ran right and he chased it down all the way to the sideline for like a three-yard gain He's hustling so hard out there. Like, he is – I know he's kind of not been a big conversation topic this college football season, just, again, because of the injuries. And he's been back for, like, less big-time games. But he is every bit as good as we thought he was. Yeah, he took the words right out of my mouth, to be honest. Like I said, he's the real week, weekday warrior. He could have been outplayed the box score because he had five tackles in a sack in one half, though, <laughs> like – and uh, actually, I gave my uh, I'll play the box score to my runner-up defensive uh, prospects of the week. But yeah, it was unreal. Like that, that twenty, uh, that eleven hurries on twenty-two like, reps is is kind of unreal. And like you said, dominant against the run. Honestly, I felt like he was in the backfield every single play down the stretch, especially on that drive where Cal was trying to tie it. It was just like, you know, garbage went back Thibodeau, garbage went back Thibodeau, handoff Thibodeau chases him. Like it was, it was ridiculous. It, it's such a joy to watch him. Um, 
Here's to hoping Oregon plays a big game soon. Um, shooting up the board. I have a lot of defensive guys this week. I feel like that's been the story of the season. Uh, and I'll stick in the Pac-12. I'm going to go with Devin Lloyd. Okay. The Utah linebacker against Arizona State. Utah all of a sudden turning around since they've, they've uh, given the offensive reins to Cam Rising, the Texas transfer at quarterback. Um, turns out Charlie Brewer's not very good. <laughs> Uh, Devin Lloyd was an animal against Arizona State. Eight tackles, two sacks, four TFLs, broke up a pass on a blitz. My main takeaway was um, he is just such a twitched-up athlete. He's 6'3", 234, and he he was, like, he's playing with his hair on fire, but he's just, he's playing at a different speed than everybody else on, on that field. And that, that Arizona State team's got some guys. Yeah. And he made... He consistently, and this is a, a bit of a spoiler, Rashad White's Arizona State's best player on offense, uh, or best playmaker on offense, I should say. Um, and every time he had a one-on-one -on -one with Devin Lloyd in space, Lloyd was making that tackle. It wasn't, it, it, it was like he, he just didn't miss. And then when they were blitzing him, meant like just fucking getting out leveraging and just going through dudes. Um, and then I mentioned, yeah, on a, on a blitz, he had a PBU. He just... Getting downhill and making plays uh, in front of him, he was a big-time performer. It was really, really fun to watch. He's one of the best linebackers in the country. Yeah, and I mean, I haven't tuned into a lot of Utah football this year, and I tuned out of this one, I think, like at halftime, so I didn't really get a good, a good, good look. But it feels like every week you see a few people on Twitter, especially like the PFF college account, um, hyping up Devin Lloyd. And he were, you were big on him in the summer, so give yourself a pat on the back. Um, but yeah, no, totally. I So I didn't key in, but... Um, again, I'm excited to, I don't know, he, to, to actually watch Utah. He's a guy I expect to just, like, don't, like, he'll be considered, like, a, a consensus top 100, maybe top 50 guy by the time the combine runs around mm. or comes around. I think he's just going to be one of those linebackers who puts on such a show there that he's really thick in those first-round conversations. Especially because, I mean, we've talked about Jack Campbell, we've talked about Kobe Dean, but... The linebacker class is, hasn't really shaked out, and I think those three have been the best in the country. Yeah, I think that's fair. And let's let's say hey, you said it. Let's jump to Georgia. And I know like it's hard to say Nakobe Dean is still shooting up the board, but I think he is. Like, yeah, it was another yep. game where he's all over the field. Um, Ridiculous, just car crash hits. Yeah, dude, it's it's so much fun to watch him because he's hitting so hard, and like you get those sick replays. I think I feel like they did it multiple times during the game. But like when you watch him hit, he's hitting so clean and so textbook and like you said it's like watching <laughs> like like when you get a dui and or i don't think they do this anymore but they make you go watch the the car crash video and it's like like maybe they said some poetry music or something and it's like that because it's so hauntingly beautiful like he's so good at it <laughs> and he had that um, awesome play for the tfl on the screen pass and yeah and, and that's a kentucky that's a kentucky offense that's been pretty much running mm -hmm. the ball at will and uh, spoiler, I've got Jordan Davis here as well, who Me too. just, yeah, between those two, you get you get N'Kobe Dean running clean because that defensive line is so good and just keeping him clean. And then Davis just eating up blocks. Yeah. You can't run up the middle on them. They haven't allowed a rushing touchdown. Jordan, like when Jordan Davis is on the field, you can't run the ball. Um, He's, he's both of them just, they're clear All-Americans. Uh, I think the, the one play that really stood up for me from Davis, who only had three tackles, but, again, he's the guy you could bet. I'll play the boxer every week, I think. 
He just yeah. worked through a double team, <laughs> third and one, made the TFL with one arm. And I was just like, my God, what a fucking monster. <laughs> just Yeah, yeah, yeah. Going We're, back to yeah, school no. has been such a great decision for him. Yeah, because I think, like, last year, bad IDL class last year. Yeah. Would have, would have I think, been a, a top 100 pick. But now, like, the way he's playing, I don't know how he doesn't end up at the back end of the first round. Yeah. I mean, like, the, totally the thing agree. working against him is the position he plays, but just so dominant at it i'll throw one more georgia guy lucine i think he keeps impress and there's so many dudes on this georgia defense but i seen it just keeps impressing me too is he made that awesome uh play at the end of the game where it just flew down and blew up uh, i can't remember what but just blew him up and i just felt like every time so like every time you ran the ball through the middle davis was there if you got through the middle <laughs> dean was there and i felt like every time they kind of tried to throw it at all scene was around the football and I think I don't know, man. I think everyone on this Georgia defense has made themselves big time money this year. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's like Gerion Kendrick. I thought had a pretty solid game. Who, just I don't think we mentioned on the show once, no. but that's not because he hasn't been playing well. It's just because everyone around they him has have been. So many guys. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, a, another guy from the SEC we've talked about, and despite them losing, Traylon Burks mm-hmm. deserves being mentioned because he was the. Pretty much the only thing going for Arkansas, and they're up uh, when they're upset by Auburn. Nine for one hundred and nine, two scores. Just keeps dunking on dudes. Yeah, totally. And I think he's fair to put here because I see a path to him being wide receiver one. I mean, I, some people have him there already, but I don't know. He keeps, like you said, he keeps dunking on dudes, and the more he does, it's just the more I feel like he's going to be the first or second wide receiver off the board, right? Yeah, especially because he's more physically imposing than Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson. Like, people are going to see A.J. Brown in, yeah. in his style of play, and obviously... With better Brown's hands, yeah. Been Yeah, he's been one of the best uh, playmakers in the NFL since entering. And it's just, again, every week, just throw it up, he's going to dunk on a dude. Um, like, the, the, the touchdown in the third quarter, where like he seemingly looked covered, K.J. Mm-hmm. Jefferson just tossed up and believed... And over the safety, he goes. It's uh, he's so fun, man. He feels like the guy like like that can go to a shitty passing attack, a bad wide receiver core, and kind of start changing the changing things there. You know what I mean? Like being like, like a dude, dude. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. A dude's dude. A dude. A man's uh, man. <laughs> uh, speaking of a man's man, George Kalaftis, the edge for Purdue. Uh, he was he was credited with one sack. I I I saw at least. Five pressures, I want to say. I want to say it was more than that. I got the numbers. Um, I got the I, I put it for a play okay. the box score. So I was gonna, I was gonna save him, but we can do him now. I don't mind. Oh, okay, we, we, okay. He just, it was, it was so fun watching the way he did it. Yeah, like you saw, you saw him. His hands are just really good. I saw him break at a swipe move. He had the rip. He, he speed to power. I saw a long arm. Like just the 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 pass rush toolbox he was breaking out against that Iowa right tackle was wicked. Yeah, he he was my runner up to Thibodeau, but I almost like I thought Thibodeau deserved it first of all, and I didn't want to go yeah. double Boilermaker. That's just that's too much uh too much bias. Too big ten homer. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But no, yeah, like you said, one sack. And I think that was his only tackle uh, on the old ESPN. That you got three quarterback hurry um, credited for. I think it was more. Yeah, I think it was more too. But I did look at PFF, and he was the first player in the college PFF era 
to have 10 or more pressures against that vaunted Iowa offense line. So I think you got credit for exactly 10 pressures. Um, Hell yeah. Was a monster all night. Like you said, just constantly winning. And, uh, and, and, it, and it wasn't just like lunch pail, heavy handed no. pass rush. Like he looked explosive getting off the snap. I yes. thought he looked, he looked more flexible running the arc than I, I had previously thought him to be. Like he looked good and bendy too, on top of everything totally. he, he has in his hands. Yeah, then you, yeah, like you said, throw on the power, um, and he's just—I don't know—he he feels so physical to me from snap to whistle, just physicality and through the whistle. And the, you know, like he, he made so many great plays, but the one that like really stood out. There was one minute left in the game. Okay, the game was over. He stunted inside and just absolutely blow, blow blown up Petrus. Like just fucking wrecked him. I'm like. This is a fucking dude. You know what I mean? Like, like when it's one minute left in the game and he's still like just trying to kill the quarterback like that. Like, you gotta love it. I do want to say that Tyler Linderbaum might have been the only guy in that Iowa offense who had a great game. He 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 still looked really good. Yeah, I felt like everyone else just like you know they they've been getting production. You know Laporta and Patrick's have been, eh, but you know uh, all the other players like they've they've stepped up when they needed them to. And yeah, I agree. It was only kind of Linderbaum. Um. You know who did uh, step up, uh, Rob? I'll give you who. Jerome Ford. He had his big breakout game. Who I liked him a lot in the summer. Oh yep. Uh, had had a huge game. It all it was all before halftime when he just killed the game. He had four touchdowns in the first half, 189 yards. Um, and like he, you know what? He's just running with really nice patience, really good vision. Uh, flash some nice contact balance, and then when he had the seam. Uh, flash that home run breakaway speed and he's just expl- I think he's pretty well rounded and uh, it took a little bit to finally get him his game but uh, I thought this was a really impressive performance I'm gonna throw one more quickly Malcolm Rodriguez mm-hmm. especially in the second half for Oklahoma State I thought the energy he brought to that front seven was what helped them in that comeback and slowing Bijan yep. Robinson he was kind of going sideline to sideline in that second half yeah that was my that was my one more guy I have one more but I think you might mention him later so I'll save him Okay. Sliding down the board, I'm going to start with Wandale Robinson. Me too. That's my top guy. Who, he, you you, you can you can be like, well, it was the Georgia defense. I know. They're yeah. loaded. But he had two drops that were key drops. One would have been a touchdown. Mm-hmm. And it was clear, like, K- Kentucky was doing everything they could to get him going. He ended up having 12 catches plus a carry, so 13 touches. 12 catches for 39 yards. Like, they were getting him pop passes. They were throwing him screens, and he just couldn't break anything in this game. Um, again, the Georgia defense is fantastic, but then you throw in the two drops, and it's yeah. like concerns are there because if you can't work open through route running, plus the hands are a little inconsistent, which was already a concern coming into the year, this is going to be the game NFL teams look at when they – Think about taking Wondell Robinson top 100. Yeah, no, totally. This is like, are you a top 100 pick or are you a day three gadget guy? And Look, like I said, I almost didn't want to put him because it's the Georgia defense, but like you said, two drops. And, you know, sometimes you'll see a, a great defense erase a wide receiver, but that usually means, you know, he'll have two catches for 20 yards. Not that they, they couldn't get him the ball. They got him the ball plenty. He just couldn't do anything with it. And I understand it's still – Difficult, but when you're when you like you said when you're trying to be a top 100 pick, you got to do more than 39 yards on 12 catches. Like, uh, yeah, no, I totally I totally agree. It sucks though, cause I, I I don't even think Levis was that like terrible either. No, he he was like I mean, he didn't elevate them 
beyond what what he normally like, no i like i'm not talking about like he's a prospect like he yeah, fine, yeah yeah exactly no no like i'm not saying like he was oh yeah. this is a good prospect i'm just saying like he could have been a lot worse yeah uh sticking in that game i thought zamir white looked pedestrian uh he had a 24 yard touchdown where the offensive line set him mm-hmm. up perfectly he went untouched but other than that, if he had, he had forty six yards, three point eight per carry. You take away that twenty four yard touchdown, like he did nothing in that game against Kentucky. Um, I he looks less dynamic than the rest of their backs. Like I thought, James Cook, who I'll talk about later, looked really explosive when he got touches. Hinton looks like the future of that backfield, yeah. and like I, I've talked about Macintosh before too. I just. I don't know. I don't see it with Zamir White, who some see as a top five back in the class. Yeah, confirming your priors, I know. But, no, I, I totally agree with you. I think, like, White is one of those guys that, like, you could quietly put for um, overhyped, like, every week. Where, like, I kind of liked him last summer, and then, but I thought he was going to take a leap. And he didn't last year, and he hasn't now. And, like, he's a fine no. back, but people, yeah, I don't, I don't get the hype for him. He, yeah. Yeah, he, he's not... Again, he's not as explosive as those other backs, and he doesn't break enough tackles. He he goes down too frequently on mm. first contact. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick in running back. I know we've mentioned him, but like, Jerion Ely is just a complete non-factor this year. I I don't know, and this is not confirming. Oh, I, I yeah, go ahead. I put him for me it makes me look stupid because mm. you know I liked him going into the year and yeah, like he couldn't do anything. Like they relied on Matt Corral's legs. Yeah. He, and, he was a leading and, rusher. And, and, and Snoop Connor had already kind of, um, taken the, yep. I think the lead back rule from Ely. Yep. But at a minimum, you expect Ely to impact the game as a pass catcher, which he hasn't done this year at all either. Uh, he just kind of disappeared off the radar. Yeah. I don't know what's going on. Like seven carries, 19 yards and two catches for 11. And, like you just said, I, I, what, how many carries did Corral have? I think he had 30 carries. 30. Yeah. 30 for 195. <laughs> Which is unreal. And it, watching it didn't feel like And then he like got it. hurt and, at the end. And then he got hurt. So, yeah. That's like a double, like, um, like fuck Ely. You got to you gotta step up, man. Okay. I, I want to stick in that game uh, with Tennessee's best prospect, Alante Taylor, who I kind of keyed in on him a little bit mm-hmm. um, because he has the hype on that defense. Um, he got fucking cooked on a sluggo where he just got caught completely flat-footed so that left a bad taste in my mouth and then he just missed so many tackles we talked about corral having 30 carries alante taylor missed probably five tackles on him that game um like it wasn't a horrible game but when you go into a game that ends up being close and you're just keyed in on the the one team's best prospect and yeah he's having not the best performance it, it it just i don't know i guess leaves a bad taste in your mouth similarly i thought the kind of the entire arkansas defense didn't play great but uh specifically trey williams it just felt like he had absolutely zero impact on the game uh two tackles uh i don't think they had a single pressure on bonex which is fucked um and i had him like def- i gave him some big credit a couple weeks ago for like defensive prospect who he had a monster game i, I forget what game it was specifically um but he's just like I don't know. He's kind of disappeared. It's yeah. He's kind of disappeared. Um, I Matt Hankins is a kind of a layup yeah. pick here just because <laughs> what David Bell because it was like the I think all, like almost all eleven of his catches came against came against Hankins. That's not um, that's not great. They're missing Moss, man. I also want to say like Matt Corral, what he did on the ground was great. I didn't think he had the best. He missed a handful of throws. Yeah. I so I I like that I say that to say I don't think he's that 
like although he looks like he's the clear cut QB one, I don't know that like it's gonna take time to decide is he really a first overall pick caliber quarterback or is that just because this class sucks? Yeah. Which brings me to Malik Willis lost to U L Monroe. Did you watch it? I saw no, I didn't watch okay it, but I saw parts of it. Yeah, okay. With three picks, like you look great as a runner. 157 and two on the ground but that's just that's a that's how far liberty has fallen um yeah i know for sure i consider putting him over hype but i'm like i don't want to put him here because i didn't really i just watched like the like you know the, the hot or the low lights um that's brutal and i know like there's not much going on around him but when people are mocking him still like you know as a top 10 pick you gotta you gotta elevate a little bit you know yeah um, do you have anyone else or do you want me to get to add on? No, more? uh, you got, you got more? Go ahead. No, 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 uh, I'm, I'm ready to move on. I, I was going to say just one thing quick about Corral. I don't think he was bad. Um, but no, I, I get your point on the first overall pick. I wanted to ask you, and I know it's early and you haven't, I mean, we've done the summer stuff, but. Yes, Kenny Pickett's the first overall pick, AJ. Well, next. No, are, do you think you're going to have a first round grade on Matt Corral? Mm, I, I liked him a lot over the summer, but. I don't know. It's like impossible to say. I haven't. I know. I know. I know. I'm just I'm just trying to feel you out. If if I were to wager, I will say no. Interesting. Okay. But Kenny Pickett, yes. Uh, out of nowhere, prospect. Hard not to go with Purdue defenders, and I will specifically highlight two in their secondary. Uh, corner Dedrick Mackey, and safety Cam Allen. You know, uh, Allen had the interception to close off the game. He had a great pick where he, he broke uh, an undercutter route um, earlier in the game. Mackey had the great pick where he undercut a route right like uh, on a ball like thrown right at the end zone. Uh, he undercut it uh, for a sweet sideline pick. He also looked really physical get, uh, coming down and attacking players in space. I thought both of them were, were really fun. The Purdue defense in general was just fun. I feel like Purdue was, was not getting the credit they deserve, but like – Came down to the quarterback play, and they got good quarterback play this week. Uh, you know what's funny? I picked a corner and a safety from the same team, but uh, not from Purdue, obviously. I, I went to Cincinnati, who I think every week uh, another Cincy player keeps catching my eye, and we know they are talented. So I put Kobe Bryant. I know he's not out of nowhere, but this is the one where I'm like, he's legit, where he had the pick six, where it was just a quick hitting route. He read it all the way, jumped it, housed it easily. Um and just, like, the rest of College Football has to watch out because you can't throw the other direction, obviously, because the sauce is there. And Kobe Bryant is starting to really come into his own and make a lot of plays. He's played a lot of games for Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. And, like, I think he's, like, a midday three prospect in his own right right now. And a uh, chance to, to, to move up. He's, like, 6'1", 200-ish. Um, I, I think a little a shade under, maybe 195 or something. Uh, but pretty explosive. And he's a good player in his own right. And, obviously couple safeties drafted, so they had to get new guys to step up. Uh, income senior already, Brian Cook, who's six one two ten at safety. Uh, been catching my eye for a couple weeks, too, and he's just a physical, physical dude. Eight tackles, a, a, a tackle and a half for loss, uh, pass breakup. Uh, the, the big play, he just blew up a screen. Just like a, an absolutely massive hit, and he's just a physical dude, and he makes some of like just big hits every single week, and he's pretty good in coverage, too. And since he just keeps finding these good safeties... I told you all about him in the offseason. I love him. Right. Oh, I totally forgot you did. Yeah, he's good. He's good. 
Yeah, he is, isn't he? I totally forgot. Well, it's because it was funny. They had other safeties who had hype, but I thought he just looked the best. And I think he's been the best. And it's like every week I've been like, who's at number six? Who's at number six? And I keep realizing it's him. Quickly, I do want to ask you, though, um, do you have LSU's Ty Davis Price anywhere? No. Can I do him here quickly? I was just going to say, like, he'd been ineffective all year, but he cooked up the Florida defense, fire Dan Mullen. Okay, hold on. we got we got to give him some more credit than that because he had 287, three touchdowns. He's a big dude at 6'1", 231, uh, 232. Broke the school rushing record. Rob, who had the school rushing record before? It's not a trick question. Kevin Falk. Leonard Fournette, correct. And, like, they just leaned on him. You know, he's a big boy. He ran hard, good vision. Um, but also, like, I don't know, outrunning angles against Florida. Like, the touchdowns were from 17, 25, and 40. So it wasn't like he just smashing the ball. Um, 11 of his 36 carries for 10 plus. Broke 16 tackles. But I thought, like, I kind of brought it up because you can roll right into Ed Ingram. Played a monster game, and he can kind of be a part of shooting up the board, too. Um, Hines got hurt, too. And then they started running the ball better. So maybe Ed Ingram is good. Hines isn't. That's, that's kind of what I wanted to really, really Damn. get to. Damn. Um, prospect to me made me look stupid. I already said Ely. Yeah, I, uh, I'm i going to stick in that seat, but go with Jordan Battle, who had a really good game against Mississippi State. Seven tackles, two picks. One was a pick six where he just just baited. Just baited Rodgers. Closed it so quick, coming from the middle of the field. It looked way too easy. And, like, I don't know. You just really felt his size and his athleticism on that play and had the other interception. I thought he just looked really impressive. And um, I don't know. I think it's a good safety group. But, like, other than Hamilton and Brisker, they're still kind of muddied, and I think battles, battling still right in there. Um, I alluded to my best prospect versus prospect matchup earlier with Devin Lloyd in uh, Rashad White, mm-hmm. who, like, White didn't have a bad game by any means. Um, he ended up with uh, 12 touches for just over 80 yards. Um, he still looks really, like looks like he's going to be a really fun, uh, explosive satellite back at the next level. We haven't really talk much arizona state this year um but he's having a good year and, and i thought he's worth mentioning uh, like although devin lloyd played really awesome against him white was clearly the only thing truly going for arizona state um but like on the year he has 40 four, seven, 477 on the ground 251 in the air which is a lot for a running back in college um i just think he, he's a guy who's gonna n- no one's really talking about him yet i think he'll end up at the senior bowl and the hype will truly build um, I'm going to stick in the Pac-12, and <laughs> this one is more like two big names that we haven't talked about that I was hoping they'd showcase themselves, and they didn't. And it was the battle of the tight ends, Kate Auden and Greg Dulcich, who uh, neither really stood out much. Auden had three catches for 26. Dulcich had two for 25 and a touchdown. Touchdown was nice. Like, Dulcich hit like a little double move like from 10 yards out, uh, made a leaping grab at the goal line. But, like... I don't know the best of the the rest of the game. They're kind of virtually invisible, and I feel like they're just getting left behind a bit in this this deep tight end class. Yeah, fair, fair. We haven't mentioned either. Uh, I think we mentioned Dulcich week zero, and since then nothing. Yeah, you did. And Auden, Auden, uh, nothing either. But obviously, the Washington offense is kind of a disaster. Uh, I'll play the box score. I have James Cook here. He had seven touches for seventy yards and a touchdown. Had a 19-yard touchdown grab on the uh, on a Texas route where he just, like, the linebacker had no shot. And once he got it, he was shot out of the cannon. He had a nice, big uh, 
run where he just looks so agile with his his uh, change of direction, his lateral movement. I he's a guy who just doesn't get that much touches because they don't necessarily need him to. I do wish he was featured a little more consistently, mm-hmm. but a guy who I think is poised to be a better pro than college player just yeah uh, by virtue of touches at the next level. Like he he's he's in his career, he only has two hundred and fifty career touches, but he averages seven point three touch, and like he's been a dynamic pass catcher when used that way. They don't use him enough there, in my opinion, uh, and I think he's a far more explosive. Uh, open field playmaker than um, Zamir White. No, I agreed. Um, my outplay the box score, like I mentioned, George Karloftis. Uh, so if we can move to overhyped, I- I'm curious who you have this week. Okay, now hear me out. This Georgia defense is oh, awesome. Okay, all right. Jordan Davis, you can't run the ball against him. Jalen Carter looks like a future top 10 pick. Nicobe Dean's been one of the most explosive strikers in the nation. Um, you talked about Lewis Seen earlier. I mentioned Darion Kendrick, both future NFL DBs. I think Nolan Smith, uh, a former five, uh, he's a former five star who's never really put it together. I think he's really beginning to put it together this year. Um, but the guy mentioned more than all those guys coming into the year was Adam Anderson. Mm-hmm. And that's not to say Adam Anderson isn't a good prospect. It's to say, on a dominant defense, a guy who is kind of put on a pedestal as your best prospect, he just doesn't make nearly as many plays as you would expect. I think, like he he was he was solid against Kentucky, no doubt. Like he's long, he's agile, he moves well. He uh he he was part of a sack where he uh, went speed to power and he looked pretty good there. I just, I don't know. He, he was a guy who had, like, legit first-round hype um, and was especially being hyped because he hadn't been a starter before, and he is now a starter. And I just don't, I don't know. I don't necessarily, uh, no, this isn't me sitting down and breaking down the, the film, but it's, it's me, like, on game day, during the game, he doesn't stand out nearly as much as some of his teammates for a guy who's got such a huge, huge hype behind his You game. know what, Rob? The, the, Adam Anderson crossed my mind, too. I didn't end up putting him, but... um, no, I think It's a hard one to put because it's not like he's not a bad prospect or anything. And, like, he's on the best defense in the country. It's just when you consider all, all that, I think, a little bit overhyped. Yeah, no, I agree with you. And I think there is two schools of thought where, like, you know, maybe having so many great ball like players who can make plays um maybe it's just kind of like you know he doesn't get the chance but i think more realistically at the edge position when you um when you got great players around you it opens up more opportunities for you so i think him not standing out is is i'm not going to say a concern but I, i'm going to say it's it's something to keep an eye on mm-hmm. uh rob you're going to fucking hate me i'm sorry to do this but it's bugging me, and I need, I need, I need, I need a little therapy session to talk it out with you. Okay. Okay. Kenny Pickett, I, I can't get over Kenny Pickett. Okay. And best quarterback in the country. What's your fucking? Shut call? up. No. Okay. No quarterback outside of Corral has helped his stock like Kenny Pickett has this year. I will grant that. Okay. But if any of the other, he's qu- having the Joe Burrow year. Shut up. You don't know that he isn't. Shut up. <laughs> no. I actually I got the name. Okay. He's he's having like the Mac Jones NFL year where like 
like he's making throws, but like the throws are like getting so overhyped. Like, okay, he made the one touchdown throw where he had some pressure. He threw it down the sideline on a wheel, like twenty yards. God, it was a good play, but like all over Twitter when that happened, the throws like this is why Kenny Pickett is rising. Did you see what he did to New Hampshire? And Corral makes like that throw like ten times a game, and I know. Peck, Pickett is like a solid athlete, but like nothing. Sp- I don't know. He feels like a like like he'd be a first round pick in two thousand seven, hey, and, and like that's fine. He almost. Do you see what he he almost beat a Western Michigan team that slapped Kent State? Look, if <laughs> if every other quarterback didn't shit the fucking bed this it's, year, we wouldn't be talking about him. I don't think that's necessarily true. Like he's completing nearly seventy percent of his passes, twenty one passing touchdowns, only one pick. Like he's having a phenomenal year. Um. I, I think in this class, he's in the thick of competing to be a top three quarterback, especially with the Senior Bowl uh, kind of locked in for him. Um, I bet Nagy thinks he's the first overall he pick. He does, yeah. But, but uh, I mean, the big test, I know this isn't a good Clemson team. Yeah. But the big test is this Saturday. I think this is a very much a, uh, a proven game because it's, it's I know it's not, it's 3.30 on ESPN, but there's not a lot of other games to be watching. No. Uh, I think this is a, a big chance for him, but I, I get what you're saying. I mean, it, yeah, it, it's got it's gone. I think you're too negative on him, but you're partially too negative because the hype is getting annoying, and that's why he's overhyped. But yeah, I just to me, yeah. there's there's nothing special there. That's it. Yeah, fair. Uh, transferring popped on the scene. I'll go with Jalen Warren. Who me too? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, one ninety three against Texas, just gashing them. He's a fun story, a guy who was a JUCO, ended up at Utah State, bet on himself with Oklahoma State, uh, and has been kind of the engine of that offense. That It's not it's a different type of uh, Oklahoma State team where they're very much pound the rock mm-hmm. and play good defense, which is not something we've seen from them. But that was his fourth straight 100-yard game. Um, and, I mean, hey, Oklahoma State's uh, still undefeated, so... Yeah, he literally carried the pokes to the win versus Texas. Just a workhorse. Um, yeah, like he's mm-hmm. he's had thirty plus carries three times this year already. Yeah, like twenty. So twenty seven plus carries the last four weeks, and three of those were thirty plus. And they didn't give him the ball plus, the first two weeks. Yeah, he, uh, against Kansas State when he only had twenty seven carries, still four catches, so over thirty touches four straight weeks. Compact dude, like five eight two fifteen. Yeah, he's a fun fun. Yeah, and okay. has had as many carries this year as he did at Utah State combined, and. Good vision, good athlete, and he just looks like a real solid back to me. Um, yeah, and I, I believe he, he was originally at Snow College, I think. Oh, that's a that's a program and a half up there. Yep. Uh, small school guy who caught my eye. Going back to Louisiana App State, they were Louisiana was just running the ball kind of at will. Chris Smith had a sweet touchdown where his he's he's a little he he's not having the big big year I think some people expected, but. He's, he's still a very fun, like, scat back type guy. But I'm going to key in on their guard, Osiris Torrance, because their offensive line just mauled App State. Mm-hmm. Ran for 246, and it was easy, and he was just killing dudes. So I mentioned a couple of my guys already, but I'll throw out uh, one of our favorites, Cole Turner, who had a, a big game for the Wolfpack over Hawaii. Um, 12 catches, 175. He's a dude. He's a dude. I don't know. There's not much to say. Like, I still feel like there's not enough uh, love for Cole Turner out there in the tight end class. Um, no, I think that I, I mean, no one's really watching Nevada, so. Which is funny because everyone's talking about Carson Strong. Fact. Q 
QB class sucks. But you know what doesn't suck, AJ? Um, Symbol? Yep, Symbol is the sports stock market that allows you to profit off your sports knowledge. There are two ways to make money on Symbol. First, every time a team you own wins, you earn cash. A cash win payout, that is. Second, just like the stock market, if you think a team is going to increase in value, you can buy low and sell high for a profit. Use promo code SD to make your first deposit risk-free. That means even if you lose money or just decide to... The, the market isn't for you. Symbol will refund your initial deposit. No questions asked. You know where you can ask questions, and many people do, is that Spotify Green Room, the live audio-only sports talk platform that's free to download and to use. Just go to the iOS App Store, download the Spotify Green Room app, create a profile, link your Twitter, and follow all the people you want to follow, and be alerted when their rooms go live. Um, but make sure you come with your spiciest takes. Here's a spicy take. After starting 0-2 in, with my week 7 picks, I went 3-0 and in the back half, so it's like I didn't even lose. I went 3-1-1 uh, one and one with that Michigan State push. <laughs> Ooh. Uh, so I'm 21-9 and nine on the season. That's impressive. I'm 17-12-1. Yeah, you're not that impressive. Um, <laughs> bad week of games. It was really hard. You were messaging me prior to the show. But it's just kind of difficult to pick games. There's not a lot of games you even care about. I know. Um, I'll start because uh, my game's actually tomorrow. Mine too. You you bet. You, you went Wednesday, seven thirty, ESPN two, number fourteen, Coastal at App State. Free money. Uh, the Sh- Chanticleer is only favored by four. I know it's a rogie, but App State got demolished by Louisiana. I think Coastal's better than them. That App State, like Chase Bryce, is still turnover prone. They're not running the ball that well. Cameron Peoples not around. He's been banged yeah. up. Um, that coastal defense, I mean, it's the black swarm for a reason. Grayson call it's so easy. Like I said earlier in the show, he's just dominant. Uh, he's dominating the passing efficiency record right now. Um, I, I think their their running back leads the nation average per carry too. Uh, I I don't know. I think coastal just runs through them similar to what the region Cajun did. Yeah, I think App State's getting the short week uh, bump from from Coastal, but um, because they got like you said, they played last Tuesday, so they got the whole week off. But uh, I don't care either. <laughs> yeah, I'm taking Coastal, and I think I think if UL is going to do that to App State, Coastal's going to make it even easier. And I I think that that minus four kind of almost helps Coastal, where they're like they can put down the bulletin board. You know what, what I mean? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um. My next game, three. Uh, are you taking any noon games? No, no, I'm not. <laughs> there was like the noon slate. Like, if you're going to miss games, miss them at noon. At least you got Michigan for me personally, but yeah. Uh, fair. Um, 3.30 ABC, number 10 Oregon at UCLA. The Ducks are dogs. Wait. That says a lot about the state of the Pac-12. Ducks are dogs? The Ducks are dogs. Uh, yeah, I'm taking the Ducks. Give me the plus two and a half. What? Like, were you shocked to see that they were dogs? Yes. Um, I guess UCLA, UCLA played is, well this week, UCLA, but like they haven't been great. Yeah, I thought that was weird. Especially, um, I, I guess like the Ducks played poorly on front end against Cal, but I don't know. I think like I still think they're gonna win the game, and like, all they have to do is win to cover. So their run D is still money. good. Like I, their defense is still yeah, good. Yeah, like. Kevon Dividow gets to play the full game this time. 
Yeah, it's gonna be fun. Cal couldn't score once Kevon Thibodeau came in the game. I think they had some, the the one touchdown, whatever. Hope we get a lot um, of uh, Thibodeau and Ryan matchups. Me too. Three thirty. ESPN. Clemson heads to Pitt. Number twenty three. <laughs> Pitt. Kenny Pickett prove it game. In previous years, Pitt has been the unranked. Clemson loses to them as the rank. Uh, this time it's rules reversed. I'm taking the Tigers to cover this and upset Pitt. <laughs> I didn't because yeah, let's reverse rules. I didn't take it, but I thought about it, and then I'm like, I don't know. I don't know if I could put money on Clemson, which is insane. But uh, yeah, if I were going to, I'd pick Clemson as well. Yeah, uh, I felt I felt in a bad week. Like the the idea of the role reversal, just I thought that was funny. <laughs> if Kenny Pickett implodes and like DJU finally plays well, that's fun. Um. I go three thirty. Uh, I can. Go. Oh, you got three thirty. I got a three thirty. Fox, big noon, three thirty. Oklahoma State at Iowa State. Did I read this right? Iowa State is minus seven. They keep doubting the pokes. I thought this would be like a classic Iowa State trap game where Oklahoma State. I saw that too, and I just got scared because it's in Ames, so I backed no, off. No, I know. But I get why you would take it that. It feels like a classic Iowa State trap, but you can't be a but trap why game when you're touched by seven. This feels like. Look, I'm not going to say it's free money because it's tricky, but this feels like you can put money on Oklahoma State plus seven, and if they somehow lose that, you don't feel bad about it. You know, like they they have every reason not to lose by a touchdown or more. I think they're going to win, and I'm, I've been rolling with the pokes. They keep covering, and I don't think they're going to leave me wrong again. Nation doubts the pokes. It's true. I don't know why. I guess because they're not that exciting. Uh, seven thirty, ABC. Number five, Ohio State at Indiana. I just felt like I had to take this game because yeah. it's like supposed to be the big game, but Indiana sucks now. But they played Michigan State tough. Uh, it's it's in Bloomington, so that's not that's not easy place to win. And Ohio State has historically in in recent history struggled with Indiana. Yeah, but uh, I think this is a big chance for Ohio State to remind people that Oregon State or that Oregon game was just like one misstep and their offense has been dominant since then. I think Buckeyes covered the twenty. I think I think they they uh they hang points on Indiana. Look, they can't stack the box against uh Ohio State like they did against Michigan State to stop Kenneth Walker and Travion Henderson, so I agree. Uh I had to pick this game because it felt like a big game where it's supposed to be. USC at Notre Dame, seven thirty, NBC uh, Drew Brees on the call. <laughs> I'm so remember, like I'm gonna go for the pure. I don't trust either of these teams. Uh, yep. And I'm gonna take USC plus the points. I have zero faith in that. Okay. It's just I don't trust Notre I'm, Dame I'm, either. I'm, I'm I'm glad you did that because I'm gonna take Notre Dame and that makes it fun when we're going head to head. I could have went either way. I, I, him and Hod. I'm like I got to pick this game because. I guess it's a big game, but it's not. The way the way USC looked against Utah just was depressing. Like I know Notre Dame is probably shouldn't be ranked thirteen, um, but like I, I don't know, they've looked a little more consistently better. USC just seems like such a laughable team at this point, whereas Notre Dame can still compete yeah. to be in, in a. a respectable game. So I, I'm gonna ride the Irish, but I don't like it. Anymore. I think Notre Dame wins, but doesn't cover. Uh, was that all five years? No, I got one more. 7.30, ESPN2. I don't know why I picked this game. NC State, 
Minus three at Miami. Miami played the UNC tough, but I'm not buying it. I'm taking the Wolfpack. Another team a lot of people doubt to, to cover three in Miami. Miami's got no home field advantage either. It's Miami's a better team. I think they cover that easy. Yeah. Sorry, we'll Freudian slip. NC State's the better team, obviously. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> feels like the week we both go one and four, even though that's not possible because we... Well, wait, is it? It's possible. It's possible. Yep. Okay. <laughs> we can't go. We can't both go 0-5, though. That's true. That's kind of nice. It is kind of nice. That's That not alone is a win for us, so. Go Pokes. Um, go go Sean. 